This is the Fedora Chronicles radio show number 52, and I'm your host, Eric Renderking Fisk. This time, Doug Palumbo and I talk about healthy skepticism when doing paranormal research and the specific mindset we should have when exploring the unknown. This is only part one of the lengthy conversation that was recorded last week. Part two of this conversation will be released this Saturday. So anyway, as always, here's a couple of pre-show announcements. It's mere weeks before Thanksgiving, and when I think of that special holiday, I can only think of one thing. Ah, no, not my wife's awesome pumpkin pies. Okay, so make that two things. Ah, no, not my wife's awesome stuffing smothered with her awesome gravy. Okay, let's just lump all of my wife's awesome cooking together into one category. That's an obvious. What I'm talking about is the mess that I have to clean after it's all done. I'm wearing a great shirt and a tie with a matching vest, and I don't want to ruin any of that or take it off, so what do I do? What I do is I put on an awesome Fedora Chronicles brand apron from Zazzle. Yeah, that's right. We have a whole bunch of them for you to choose from, and you can get all your work done in style. Because you'll be getting the dishes in the dishwasher faster, you'll be able to get back to watching all of your favorite movies while everybody else in the living room is slipping into a tryptophan coma. Those are good times. If aprons aren't your gig, we have more sweatshirts and t-shirts than you could swing a fried turkey at. Also, get all your Christmas shopping done early. Get it done now by clicking through our Amazon link. Get your shopping done early while supporting your favorite podcast. Or this one. You can find the link on Amazon everywhere on all of our pages on the Fedora Chronicles main site and our Electric Speakeasy forum. When coming up with a new wish list, be sure to direct your family to the vendors page. Nothing says Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Joyous Kwanzaa, or Happy New Year like a brand new fedora right out of the box. Okay, enough about my ranting and ramblings. Uh, So hey, here we go. Doug and I talking about skepticism. So... Why don't we dial it back to before we started recording, and why don't you tell me about um, why you are so skeptical, uh, why are you such a skeptic when it comes to people doing um, ghost hunting paranormal research, as far as the attitude that people should have when they go into it? Well, I'll say this, that, you know, I think all I can comment on are what I see on, like, the you know, the, the ghost hunter or the, the paranormal um, investigative TV shows that I've watched. I can't comment on what, um, like, uh, Becky and Jason did because I wasn't there. You know what I mean? Um, I can only assume that they, you know, followed, you know, uh, certain protocols, whatever, that their recordings were, if they took recordings, you know, at any given time were, you know, clean. But, when I when I when I've seen these shows, the people go into them. The the investigators, um, at least the way it's been presented in the shows that I've seen, it's like they go into it believing already that this thing is there, whatever it is, and um, whether it's somebody investigating Bigfoot or the Loch Ness monster or UFOs or um, spirits, ghosts, the paranormal, etc. They go into it wanting to prove it. That it, that it exists. Maybe they had an experience and they're trying to relive it so that they can capture it 
um, on film or audio, or they have never experienced it, but they believe in it, and they want to capture it for the first time. Um, I think that's a flawed method, because I think that as a paranormal investigator, you should go into it wanting to disprove it, not to prove it. Because if you go into it disproving it, and you wind up doing so, like you find out that this, um, people keep hearing this particular sound, and you go into it, and you investigate, and you get the recordings, and you go into it trying to disprove that it's not, that it's, that it's not a ghost, that it's a, um, a cat or something like that, and you get, you know, absolute evidence that it's not a ghost, that it's an animal or uh, an old radio that somebody left on that just emits sound every once in a while, and that's what you're picking up, um, then you've done yourself a service, not because you've disproved your own theory, but because you've now given skeptics a reason to believe that at least what you're doing is, you know, scientifically sound. And because, <clears throat> like we talked about before, you know, a dog doesn't always go wolf and a cat doesn't always go meow. Like I said, my dog makes weird sounds. So when, if, if we leave the, the, the front door open, but the glass door closed so she can see out, she'll push her face right up against the glass and her nose, and she'll make like this, wah, 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 Exactly. Wah. Yeah. Like she's talking to whatever it is that she's seeing outside. If I were to record that and play it back, you might not know that it was a dog making that sound. And it might just, like, I, I could say, I heard this, what do you think it is? And, you know, so, and, and cats, whether they're fighting in an alley or they're uh, finding a mate, they make weird sounds, cats, that if you were to play it back, like in our previous episode with the, uh, it was a mountain lion, right? Right. You said, what is this? I said, sounds like a woman screaming. And you said, no, it's a mountain lion mating call. Yeah. You know, so it's like, and I thought it sounded like a woman screaming. I thought you were trying to trick me. And um, so, you know, they can, sounds that are naturally occurring can sound completely foreign when we're not expecting it. So sounds get recorded on these devices. It could be any, you know, even with, um, with, with physical media, tape, um, whether it's audio tape, film, something like that, um, any number of things can interfere with, the recording that you're trying to get, sound or picture, from taking a picture uh, with the whole physical process of the image coming into the lens and onto the film, and there could be problems with the film, there could be problems with the development chemicals. You know, anything could interfere that when the picture is developed, you go, wow, this is, this wasn't there when I took the picture. Exactly. Well, yeah. it wasn't yep. there when you took the picture because it wasn't there when you took the picture. It's not a supernatural being it's a double exposure there's so many ways that you can ex explain that um same with audio like like a physical audio tape so many things can go wrong with the um with the recording of a sound when you're recording at the tape that it could be anything um i'm not saying that the image that you kept capture or the sound that you record isn't something supernatural all I'm saying is that it is most likely not. And that as an investigator, I'm not an investigator. I'm just 
And so maybe I'm just blowing smoke out of my own ass. But as an investigator, one should do their best, like I said before, to disprove whatever it is they've gone in to investigate. So you get this strange audio recording. You should do your best to disprove that it's not something paranormal, that it's um, interference. Because even with, like I'll say about physical media, even electronic equipment, maybe even more so than physical media, can be interfered with. That's why they have stickers on little remote control cars that say, you know, FCC verified or, excuse me, or whatever it is that, um, you know, because this this can cause interference or has been tested against interference. Like, so many things can go wrong with digital media as well as physical media that it can alter our perception of what it is that we're recording actually is. Um, So it's just, you know, I think that, you know, people want to, want maybe they have experienced something that they can't explain. And they want to recapture it so they can prove to themselves that they're not going crazy, that what they saw is actually there. You know, so they go into it with a bent frame of mind that, you know, they're, they're trying to prove something. When, again, they should go in and try to disprove it. Because if you go in to prove something, if you really want to experience this, even if it's with a group of people, you're going to experience it, whether it's actually there or not. You know, I'm not saying there's a, oh, there's a phrase, and this is going to be the wrong thing to say, but like group psychosis, where, and I don't mean that negatively, actually, but where a, a um, and there's probably a better word that I just can't think of right now, but where even if it's a, you know, an individual or a small group or a large group of people go in to, it, you know, um, investigate this event um, or possible event that they're all going to be heightened. They're all going to be, even if I went, I would be of a heightened state because, you know, it's, it's creepy. It's all these things that, that are expected to happen are in your head, whether you're thinking about them consciously or not. And so when something does happen, um, you have a shaft of moonlight coming through a window at that night, and when you see these these strange um, uh, fuzzy uh, orbs or this like sparkly um, what what you what you see as maybe like the sparkle in, in the moonlight that could be you know a spirit. Well, just because you didn't hear the cat or the rat or whatever it is running across the rafters causing some dust to fall down. I mean, it could have been that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying not to oversimplify it, but there are so many things that could cause these things that we would be better served to try to explain as rather to try to prove that they exist. Well, I, I just, I was just looking at the time here and it's like, I, I, I let you ramble on for about eight minutes to get your point across. And I don't have anything to to say that would counter that um, with the exception of some of my own personal experiences. And when it comes to uh, recording, um, uh, I, what is it, EVPs um, or ENPs, mm-hmm. whatever, they're, whatever they're called, I'm, I'm getting the anachronism wrong. A perfect example of how something could get really messed up is that if kids don't remember the, the, the concept of audio cassettes, 
and um, if you you could record over them. And mm-hmm. and the thing is, is that if you went into trying to capture supernatural phenomenon on an audio cassette, you've already um, tainted whatever evidence by reusing a cassette. And that's that's one right there because if you hear something like "I buried Paul," that could very be easily something that you you recorded something over, something like that. Right. And I use that as an example. So that's one thing that if you're going to be doing, if you did this back before digital recorders, you had to um, actually use a brand new cassette. You, If you wanted to be taken seriously, you had to use a brand new high quality cassette because the higher the quality, the more you paid for, the better the quality of the magnetic st- strip in the cassette. Mm-hmm. Um, Because the thing is, is that automatically, if you have a cheap cassette, they already have artifacts on them. Second of all, and this is going way back. If I can insert the the, the sound effects for the TARDIS, we're going way, way, way back in time. Back in the late 70s, maybe early 80s. There was an episode of the Partridge family where Susan Day's character, I don't remember what her name was, um, got brand new braces. And while she was on the keyboard... She would be she would be receiving AM or FM signals, radio signals from a local radio station, and she would start playing along with that instead of playing with the rest of the family. And it was just like I can't. First of all, I can't believe you just referenced an episode of the Partridge Family. I, the, it, I, it's the first time ever. I think I just caused a schism in the time space continuum by mentioning the Partridge Family. On the Fedora Chronicles radio show, I think it was the first time, and hopefully it'll be the last. Maybe time. it'll be the I'm last time. I got a lot to say about Danny Bonaducci and how he turned out as a kid. And he, that's an example of why you don't want your kids to be childhood stars. But that's for a different podcast. So the thing is, is that because we are constantly transmitting signals of all kinds, and it's getting worse as time progresses. Because if you sure. have a, if you have a cell phone in your pocket, um, you're generating some kind of RF frequency. So, so then there's so then there's that. And when I was talking to Becky and Jason, they said, "Oh, there's so many apps that you could use for your cell phone." What I have found is that do not rely on your cell phone for any of your paranormal research. Get a real dedicated digital camera, not your cell phone camera. A real, the most the most best a camera you can afford, and the most best audio recorder you can there i have noticed that there is even even with this iphone there is like crosstalk between apps once in a while Mm -hmm. right now you can probably hear this little little ditty being played in the background as my dishwasher is finishing up they're all there's this constant sort of all these things that are going on if i record something and i'm saying uh this is what we recorded when we were at the haunted house at the bottom of the hill or the abandoned church at the bottom of the hill. With my digital technology that I have, with my limited abilities, I could superimpose um, a sound of like like the moaning and groaning of the ghosts from um, Raiders of the Lost Ark or Ghostbusters or something like that. It's just so easy to fake. And and like I was telling you, as far as like the photo artifacts, what I used to do is go and get those disposable cameras and get like the um, 800 ISO 
open them up there on the scene, take your photographs. They're not going to be the best holiday, qual- highest quality, but at least you know there's no way that I could have screwed with the process. It's, it's a self, it's a contained process. There's no way that I could mess with it. Take the photographs and have them developed and have it developed by somebody who you know and trust who always does well, it. Well, there is job. a way you could, you, could mess with, you could mess with it, but it's very unlikely because by opening the case, you almost void the, uh, you know, like, unless you're in a dark room, you know, you're, you're, you're going to screw something up. Always. There's always, because the thing is, is that take a photography class, and when we're talking about the history of photography, where we're talking about, we're dealing with gelatins and emulsions and solutions, Mm -hmm. and there are so many other processes. We're dealing with, like, the quality of the products that you're using to develop the film. Um, We have to deal with um, uh, the age, the quality. Um, it's like if you're getting the process right, if you're getting the solutions right, if you're mixing the solutions right, or you're pouring out the solutions right, there's also other contaminants. Like for a perfect example is that, um, when NASA developed film that was taken from Apollo 11 and somebody's eyebrow hair got onto one of the negatives so that there's a big letter C and so many people said that that's proof that it's fake because there's the big letter C like it's a prop. And somebody like for, like uh, somebody like did, forgot to take the prop number away or turn the rock a certain way. So for, like forever, mm-hmm. that that picture's jinxed because people seem to think that just because they see something that it's it's just an artifact, they think that it's real. But another thing that a lot of people do is that they psych themselves out. Like whereas we're we're going on a paranormal investigation, and or it's like if you're going out into the desert and you're playing the theme from the Art Bell show, or you're playing um, John Williams' theme from Close Encounters, or Jerry Goldsmith's Star Trek theme, or whatever, and, and, and you're psyching yourself up to see something, you are already preconditioning your mind to be open to the possibility of, if you see a shooting star, you automatically think, oh my God, that's a UFO. So already right. you're biased. Already you're biased. So you, I have to get yourself into a skeptic mindset. So that's what I mean by you know, you know, like I'm a believer. I believe that there are things beyond my own understanding. But you know, I, I do myself no favors by automatically assuming that what I experience might be real. Um, and I have an example. In a, in a minute, but you're you're right. You have to go in with a with a skeptic's mindset to yeah whatever to whatever you experience, whether you've already experienced it and you're trying to do it again, or you're looking for a new experience. You have to go in thinking whatever I see or hear or feel, it's not what I think it is. It's going to be something completely um, benign. Now, I'm not saying that what again what Becky and Jason have experienced or what um, I've seen on different shows isn't real. I don't know. I'm not there, you know, Um, particularly Becky and Jason. I would love to experience that myself. Um, I really would. Um, So, but it's like, you know, what I can see on TV, even though I can see it, I'm not there. I don't know what they're doing. And it's just like all this equipment that they have, it's got to be causing some kind of interference with itself. 
you know, whether we realize that it is or not, yeah. you know, but to go like, okay, I was in the Navy and I know what, um, certain aircraft look like by their silhouette or, you know, that, you know, there's, you know, red and green lights on an aircraft port and starboard. So, you know, whether the aircraft's coming towards you or flying away from you, um, I can tell what certain helicopters sound like, um, by the way they, you know, what, what kind of helicopter it is by the way they sound, you know, and so, you know, I'm experienced around aircraft. I'm not an expert, but I'm experienced. And, you know, there have been times where, you know, I've seen, uh, like a light in the sky that is not, it doesn't look like an aircraft. It's like maybe, a silvery, silvery blue or some other form of those colors. And it, it streaked across the sky, kind of stopped and did a little, like a, like a low looping zigzag and then took off again. Okay. I can't explain exactly. that. And, you know, and I can see it in my mind like it was just yesterday, you know, and it was years and years ago, even before I was in the Navy. But it's like, I can't explain that. But it could have been, and I've also seen an actual helicopter at night come in, and all you can see until it's right on top of you, literally, is a light. And um, I've seen it come in and, like, sort of drop down, like, kind of like, not that it lost power, but maybe there was like a, a wind shear or something, drop down, kind of go back up, straighten itself out, and then come in for a landing literally right in front of me. So I know it's helicopter, but had I not seen it land, or if I couldn't hear it necessarily, um, I wouldn't, I was like, what, what is that? You know, and it, it, it's all a matter of perspective. You know, again, you and I can be standing shoulder to shoulder, and, and both experience something. You can say it's one thing, I can say it's another thing. Not because one is right and one is wrong, but because our perspective is different. Not just our visual perspective, but the perspective of our minds, where we are, you know, um, mentally and everything. You know, many things alter our perception and our perspective. Um, but with this light, you know, it, it could have been just because it looked like it was in the sky and it did all these weird things and took off, it could have been something as simple as a bug, whether a lightning bug or firefly, depending on where you live in the country, what they're called, or some other bug flying insect that just happened to catch light a certain way that refracted and made it look that way, but it could have been very close to me, or closer than I think, but seemed like it was far away just because of that it looked small. You know what I mean? Just because it's small doesn't mean it's far away. And um, so, who knows? I don't know what it was. It could have been a UFO. It could have been a bug. It could have been something completely else that I'm just not thinking of. But just because I can't explain it, that I can't definitively say, and I can't, and I'll never be able to definitively say that it was a UFO or it wasn't a UFO, doesn't mean that it was. Um, so... Well, I, th I think the you whole know. I think the whole thing has to do with credibility as well. It's like, what kind of credibility do you have? What kind of character have you already established? Because the thing is, that's like, part of it. Well, I, no, but, I, it's, but it's not. It's 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 not the whole thing. You could be totally credible and be a stand-up guy or a stand-up lady and do you know not not 
not known to be crazy and not actually crazy. You're just a good all-around person that is experienced and, and straight, but yet still be uh, still misinterpret what, what you experience. Well, it's, it's sort of like this. Let's take two people, um, just, just, to, just take two people, for example. Um, one is my Uncle Bob. He is volunteer fire um, fireman, um, volunteer policeman, um, or he's part-time police officer. Um, he had uh, um, a career driving a truck. He was a warehouse manager. He's probably one of the most down-to-earth people as you can possibly imagine. Sure. Okay, and let's take this other guy. Um, we'll just call him Eric. Not Eric Fisk, but we'll just pull another Eric out. An- another Eric that I have in mind. Whereas is that this, kid, this guy is an absolute total Looney Tunes um, shows up to job interviews in 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 costume, um, believes in all the crazy, wacky conspiracy theories that you could possibly imagine. Um, uh, can't hold down a job because of his his quirky beliefs and whatever, and um, it, it's just socially awkward. Okay, now my uncle Bob comes forward and he, and he has this. I'm not saying he actually did this, but I'm just saying if he were to come forward with an abduction story and then this other Eric came up with an almost similar abduction story, which mm-hmm. one which one would you more likely believe? Honestly? Honestly. They're 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 both just as credible. But why do you say because that? Why do you say you, that? Because you 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 you're talking about an abduction story. So there in itself it lies the problem. It's not the person telling the story necessarily. It's the it's the story itself, and not that it's a problem, but therein lies the problem with of uh, what to believe, not who to believe, but what to believe. So you have to, by saying you give more credit to Uncle Bob, who's a stand-up guy, means that you automatically believe the story is true. No, no, or no. you. Oh, I'm not saying. Or it's you true. believe that it could be true. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, in that regard, they're both equally credible because the story in itself is fantastic. Well, but the thing you is, know? is that if you take this other, if you take this other Eric, and oh, I forgot to tell you, he's told lies like this before. He told you he well, he's made up abduction stories before. To di- to directly answer your question, I would believe Bob simply because. You know, yes, I would. I would listen to him more intently, simply because he's 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 proven himself not to be a general whack job where yeah. um, Eric has. <clears throat> but again, if Eric's told these stories before, maybe they're true. I don't know. That's the thing about the paranormal. It's almost impossible. Actually, no, nothing's impossible. Um, but it's it's highly improbable that you will know one way or another whether either of them is telling the truth because you can investigate it and use every means possible to determine whether or not they're telling the truth or not and still come up with no answer. Well, um, I, I don't know. You if, know what I mean? Well, no. I mean, the thing is, I, I understand the words that are coming out of your mouth and I understand what it is that you're trying to say. But from my perspective... And from my experience, um, you have to take into account who is telling the story and what what history does the, do these people? What's what what's the history that I have with this person? 
What's mm-hmm. the history? How do I know Uncle Bob? And how do I know the, the this other Eric? How do I know the other Eric? How do and, absolutely? And the thing is, is that Uncle Bob has never lied to me before about anything. If anything, Uncle Bob has always been brutally honest about everything. To the best of my knowledge, mm-hmm. he has never lied to me about anything. On the other hand, the, the other Eric is a habitual habitual pathological liar. And I know he's a liar because I've known him for 10 or 12 years, and I know that he's a BS artist, and I know that he's made up stories before. And until mm-hmm. until somebody else could come forward and say, one of the reasons why the, the other Eric is so crazy is because he's constantly being abducted. Then, right. then that lends credence. But the thing is, is that if these two guys who have never met and they live on two different sides of the river and they both tell similar um, abduction stories, then I think you have to take that into account. I think you have to give some kind of credibility to the story. I'm not saying that that happens. Understood. Yeah. And it was but just like... As, I, if you're investigating the story, you are introduced to both of these stories and your job is to investigate whether it's true or not. You have to investigate both exactly the same not assuming Eric is lying because he has a history of lying and not assuming Bob is telling the truth because he has a history of telling the truth you have to investigate them both exactly the same without um, any sort of uh, and it's hard to do but without preconceived notion of truth or fiction you know yes you're, you're, you're right in saying that I would probably uh, look at Bob more uh, with more credibility simply because of his history. But if you're investigating both stories, you have to investigate them both the same. You know, neither one is telling the truth and neither one of them is lying. You know, that's the inherent problem with investigating, I think, the paranormal is that, you know, it's very difficult to remove yourself from the investigation in terms of, like, what you think. You know, I mean, you can't, you can't go into it with any preconceived notion. And it's very difficult to do. Because you, maybe you've had a similar experience, so you go in, even subconsciously go in, go in, I kind of believe this person, or I want to believe this. You know, it's hard not to do that. You know, but you have to, if you're really going to, you have to take a scientific approach to uh, these investigations and be honest and say, yes, I just experienced this, whatever this is. But just because I experienced it and just because I can't explain it doesn't mean that it's not explainable in a... um, you know that 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 the answer that the answer is completely pedestrian. You know what I mean? It it it, it it's not always um, this um, you know fantastic answer. Sometimes it's just no. You know, and that's hard for people to understand because they have an experience that they can't explain. And what other reason can it be? because nothing in their mind can allow them to say this is not supernatural because it, maybe they saw something. Maybe they think they saw something or heard something 
or even captured it on audio or film. And again, just because you think you have the answer, it doesn't mean that that's the answer. You have to give it every reasonable attempt at disproving it, even if it's staring you in the face. Because in the end, it's still going to be there. You're still going to have that experience. You're still going to either uh, have the audio or video or personal experience by it. So even if you go through every possible means to disprove it, that experience is still there. And if you can't, beyond a shadow of a doubt, disprove it or say that it was electrical interference or it was uh, a radio playing in the room that nobody noticed before or whatever it was, even if you come up with no answers, you still have the experience and the question. And, you know, that's clearly what draws people because sometimes that happens. And again, in the end, it could be something paranormal, but it could also be nothing. Maybe we just don't have the ability to discover what it is yet. Um, 1915, you go 100 years ago, uh, maybe they saw a flash of light in the sky uh, that was ball lightning. And they had maybe people hadn't experienced it before or they've experienced it, but science couldn't tell them what it was. You know, they say it can't be anything else besides um, spirits, uh, a spirit or uh, God talking to us or a UFO. They didn't have UFOs. That term wasn't available. I don't think back then, but you know, they had Jules Verne. Yeah. And so like they knew, hold on. That's the sound of Doug being abducted by aliens. I have no proof. You're just going to have to take my word for it. Uh, we'll have to cut that part out. Um, <laughs> no, no, I said some funny things while you, while, while you were taking a, a, a quick break. Um, just because we can't explain it, or just because they couldn't explain it, they go, it can't be anything else. But, you know, 50 years later, they figure out, oh, that was just ball lightning. And there's, there's no doubt that it was just ball lightning. Yeah. But to them, and they were, and they were right. Because they didn't know any better. Well, they were right saying it can't be anything else because they didn't know what else it could be. Well, this is a perfect segue to the other subject that I wanted to bring up. This week we featured the music from Artie Shaw and his song, The Continental. You can buy this song and other Artie Shaw favorites through this podcast's specific webpage, number 52. If you want to get in touch with us and tell us how much you like or dislike the Fedora Chronicles radio show, you can contact us via our social media links. Go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, or Pinterest, and just do a search for Fedora Chronicles and you will find us. Or you can just click the links on our header on our homepage. Don't forget, though, that all complaints must be sent to us in writing on the back of a $50 bill. And remember, folks, one complaint, one $50 bill. We will respond to your complaints as soon as we return from our group seminar in Jamaica. So anyway, that's it for this show. Special thanks to my co-host, Doug Palumbo. And of course, always to you, our listeners. Without you, we would just be two idiots just talking to each other over the Internet. So thanks for tuning in. 
Oh, and by the way, be sure to check in this Saturday for part two of this conversation. So until Saturday, this is Eric Renderking Fisk signing off. Keep your chin up and your fedora on. <laughs>